Welcome to New Generation Church with Pastor Eddie Medina. And it, as I was meditating, it came to the scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, when Paul told young Timothy, he tells him, Timothy, he says, flee also, he says, there's that word flee, also useful lusts. Did you get that? He tells them, another version says it like this, run from anything that stimulates useful lusts. So he says, flee, he says, run anything that can damage you. Your, your life, your spiritual life, your walk with God, your relationship with Jesus. The Bible says to flee. Run. Now you got to know that especially, I mean, when you're, one thing is that, you know, you're a disciple of Christ. Another thing is that when you're involved with God, another thing is when you're involved in ministry, the temptation is real. But then he tells them, he says, flee from useful loss, but Pursue, he says, flee from useful lust, but then he says, but pursue, what does he say? He says, righteousness. In other words, he's saying, go after what's right, righteousness. He says, pursue faith, your belief in God, to believe God. He says, pursue love, pursue peace. With those, he says, with those. How many know, church, that we're not alone in this? We're all in it together. And Paul tells Timothy, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So the NLT says, run from anything that stimulates your useful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the Bible says at the end, the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. So, Jonah, no doubt, and I don't know where, what season you are in right now, but you got to ask yourself, am I going where God is telling me to go, or am I doing what I want to do on my own? The temptation is real, church. Come on. And I love what James O. Davis, and I've said this before, but he says the reason some people fall into temptation, did you get that? The reason some people fall into temptation. Now, the temptation can be anything that you know is not healthy for your life. He says the reason some people fall into temptation is, is because they are in the wrong place. With the wrong people. And he says the best way to get out of temptation is to saturate that place with your absence. 
In other words, get out of there as fast as you can. Tell your neighbor, come on, run. Run. Don't walk. There, hey, there's time you got to run. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's dangerous. You got to run. You got to flee. And, you know, even in the Bible, there's, there's a perfect example. And, and this story in the Old Testament came to me. It's about, you, you've heard about um, Joseph. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 39, verse 6. Look what the Bible says. Now, you got to remember Joseph. Joseph, I mean, Joseph has gone through a lot. He went through the pit and he ends up at the palace. Joseph was faithful to God. Remember his brothers were hating on Joseph because of the coat of many colors. They were hating on him. They didn't like Joseph because God had given Joseph a dream. And in that dream, it showed that in other words, that Joseph was the be the special one, the one God had given him favor. And his brothers got mad. And they threw him in a pit and they sold him. But how many know that when you're called by God, God, God does not forget about you. And the Bible says that, you know, God raised up Joseph. So now Joseph, he's at the palace. Now look what the Bible says. It says in verse 6, thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. In other words, Joseph was in charge of everything, man. And it says, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now, notice, get this church. The Bible says that now Joseph was handsome. In form and appearance. Guy was good looking. He went to the gym. He worked out. You know what I'm saying? But when I read that, it reminds me that when you, when you are handsome spiritually in the Lord... What do I mean by that? When you're, I'm going to break it down easy. When you're on fire for the Lord. When your spiritual life is strong. I mean, you're, you're praying, you're reading the word. Once in a while you fast. You fellowship with the brethren, brothers or sisters in the Lord. I mean, you're involved. In other words, you're looking handsome in form and appearance for the Lord. Now, you got to remember, there, there, there's a hater out there. There's a devil. And he don't like that. That you're worshiping, that you're praising, you're giving glory and honor to God. That you're living righteously for Jesus. And the Bible says, look what it says. And it came to pass. After these things, that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. 
In other words, sleep with me. It's real, church. Stay quiet. But Joseph said, but he refused. And said to his master's wife, look, let me tell you something. My master does not know what is with me in the house. In other words, what I'm, the master don't even know what I'm doing here. It's just you and me. He says, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. How many know, church, we got to be good stewards? We got to be good stewards in our life. Everything that God has put in your hands, we're called to be good stewards. Take care of what God has given you. Take care of your calling. Take care of your ministry. Take care of your walk with God. And he says, there is no one greater in this house than I. Nor nor has he kept back anything from me but you. Because you are his wife. And look what it says. Verse 10. So it was as she spoke to Joseph. Notice what the Bible says. She spoke to Joseph. It doesn't say once a year. It doesn't say um, every three months. The Bible says as she spoke to Joseph day by day. In other words, the temptation was there day by day. Did you know that? You, you know, church, what is your temptation? The one you fight with. The one you struggle with. The one that's there day by day. But the Bible says that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. He shined her off. And the Bible says that it it happened about the time, this time, when Joseph went to the house. See, he had to keep going into the house to do what? Look what the Bible says, to do his work. Church, whatever is called you to do, the work you're called to do, you got to do what's called, God has called you to do regardless. Don't forget that greater is he who's in you, who's out in the world. Amen? Don't forget that there is power in the blood of Jesus. Don't forget that you and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Church, yes, we can overcome in the name of Jesus. So he went to the house to do his work. And the Bible says, oh, it gets harder and harder. It says, and none of the men of the house was inside In other words, it was just Joseph and the woman. You know, church, that is tempting. When it's just you and the temptation, nobody else. Tell your neighbor, they've seen you already. (laughs) Just lay there. 
Well, look what it says. Look what it says. And none of the men was in the house inside. And it says, she caught him by the garment. She didn't want to let go. Where are you going, handsome? Where are you going, pretty boy? You're all mine. Ain't nobody here. It's just you and me. Who, not, my husband ain't around. The men, the workers are not around. It's just you and me. Come on. And to top it up, this is what she told him. Lie with me. Sleep with me. But he left his garment in her hand. And the Bible says, there's that word. The Bible says, and fled. He fled. He ran. He didn't walk. He ran. God, through Paul, told Timothy, flee. Run. And he ran outside Church, flee from sin. It's not a joke, man. How many believe that? It's not a joke. The great preacher, remember his name at this moment, he's a powerful preacher. He said, Temptation is like a strawberry shortcake. It looks delicious. It looks tempting. He says, but the moment you eat from that strawberry shortcake, it's going to bite you like a serpent. That's why church, as much as you can, flee from temptation, but stay in the presence of God. Stay in the presence of God. Don't flee from God, church. A lot of people make that mistake. I, I don't need as much as God like I used to. I don't need to read scripture as much as I used to. I don't need to go to the house of God as I used to. Once in a while, two, three times a year, it's good enough. Church, if anything, we need more of God every day. And the Bible says, church, look what it says in verse 11. Hallelujah. Are you guys with me? Right there in verse 11. Get my notes right here. Glory to God. It says. Then they said to him. What shall we do? That the sea may become. 
come for you. For the sea was growing more tempestous. He's saying, they're telling Jonah, Jonah, what do we do? And I like what Jonah, Jonah, he says, look, pick me up. And throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Wow. In other words, Jonah was saying, look, the problem is me. There's nothing greater, church. Hear me out. The easiest thing always, and you've heard me say this, is to blame everybody else. It's blame the brother, the sister, the dad, the mom, the church. But the time comes where you got to take responsibility for your life. And blame no one. Jonah, you know, <laughs> Jonah says, look, the, the reason what's happening, it's me. In other words, as long as the problem is there, it's because of me. See, the difference is, church, is that I know that these other men, at the moment, they were not saved or they didn't believe in the Hebrew God, as we've been saying. That is not to say us believers, we get afraid too, but the difference is, is that we have hope. We have hope and we have a purpose. So in other words, church, many times us, we need to stop moaning and blaming. What does moaning mean? As I wrote it down, it, moaning means to make a complaint in an unhappy voice. You never hear people like that? In an unhappy voice? And it's usually about something that does not seem important to other people. So instead of moaning, church, let's keep growing. Growing. Growing in the Lord. It's either, church, hear me, do nothing or do something. Which one are you? Are you a do-nothing or a do-something? As believers of God, we are going with the storms of life so that we continue to keep growing. Don't go against the storms, church. Let's grow with the storm. And the Bible says clearly, the Bible says in verse 12, look what he says. The NLT, it says, throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this, this terrible storm is all my fault, the Bible says. And how it takes a lot, church, hear me, I'm going to say it again, to recognize and take responsibility. But this is what I like. I like what, um, I think it was Dave Ramsey, he said. Many times, as us, as believers... We can be the problem, but at the same time, we can be the solution. We can be the problem, but we can also be the solution. The problem, because 
We know it's me, it's nobody else. And the solution is, is when you come forward and say, you know what, Lord, I need your help. I surrender all. I'm the problem. I need you. I need you, Jesus, in my life. I need to get right. I'm not, I haven't been living for you, Lord. Are you hearing me, church? And as someone wrote, the moment you accept total responsibility, the moment you accept total responsibility for everything in your life is the day you claim the power to change anything in your life. And that's by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Church, there is power in Jesus. The day that you say, you know what, it's me. I need help. I need a change. I know that it's me. It's nobody else. I'm, I'm the head of the house. I'm the one. I'm, I'm the one leading this ministry. I'm the one. You know, all this, it's because of me. But what's crazy is this, church. That Jonah told the people, the mariners, he told them, hey, the way that this can stop is just grab me and throw me out into the sea. We got so Jonah told them. You know, it's crazy how, how people sometimes, they give the answer, they give the solution. But many times we want to do things still our ways. I remember, um, and I was thinking about this. My father-in-law's men's home for many years, the Good Samaritan in Hopeville. It was one of the first men's home, the valley. But that home was unique in this way. What way? It didn't have light and it didn't have water. Think about that. No light, no water. But that home was a solution that God was using. And you know what happened? A lot of people, God changed lives, transformed lives. And many, many ministers and pastors came out of that place. From a men's home where there was no light and no water. Nowadays, se ponen los moños. Oh no. Get this. Jonah said, hey, I'm, I'm the problem. Throw me out in the sea. But they didn't do that. You would think, hey, he, he's saying he's a problem. Let's throw him out in the world. But they didn't do that. And sometimes people make the mistake like, no, es que if we send them over, there's no light, there's no water. Oh, or this, this and that. Hey, when God is using something, church, like Jonah, he's saying, hey, I'm the problem. You throw me, all this is going to stop. And you know what the Bible says what they did? They didn't throw him out the water. The Bible says in verse 13, look what it says. Instead, the sailors rode even harder 
to get the ship to the, to the land. They said no, and, and there's a lot of reasons you could think, oh, maybe, you know, they were trying to help Jonah. You know, they're being nice, they don't want to throw him in the water. But what the Lord gave me is that the Bible says that they were terrified. It says, and they started rowing even harder to get to the, get the ship to the land. And it says, but the storm or the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. One thing I've learned, church, now you got to, how many know there's power in prayer? There's power in prayer. God answers prayer. And we should always pray. But there's going to be times in life, church, where God is giving you the solution, the answer, just do it. Don't wait. Whoa, there's times that God is telling you it's right here. This is it. Do this. And you're still like, well, let me pray three weeks and let me think about it. You hear people, oh, I want a job. I want a job. And God opens the door. The job is right there. Yeah, but not that job. I, I want this one. The solution is there. Jonah said, I'm the problem. Throw me out in the sea. But they didn't do that. They started roaring even harder to get to the, sh get the ship to the land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. What happened, church? The storm that was too violent, they lost focus. They lost focus. I can assure you, I'm just picturing that it got too crazy. The waters got crazy. The storms were hitting hard. And they lost focus about what Jonah had just told them. Pick me up, throw me out in the sea. And that happens, church, in life. I'm speaking of believers, Christians, disciples of Jesus. When life gets real hard, it gets rough. It gets tough. And the solution, we already know what to do. We already know that we should, you know, let's see what God says in his word. We already know what God is telling us, the Holy Spirit is telling us. But because of storms, they're, they're hitting hard. We lose focus of what God said. Oh, there's no money. God says, I am. I am Jehovah Jireh, your provider. You're sick. You don't feel good. You feel horrible, terrible. And God is trying to tell, hey, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am your healer. I'm your provider. I am with you all the days of your life I'll never leave you nor forsake you and they lost focus so what did they do they started doing their own thing but the Bible says <laughs> verse 14 look what it says in verse 14 the New Living Translation says this 
It says, because in 13 it says, the storm sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. How many know that when you can't make it? When you just can't do it on your own no more. It's just too hard. You know what the Bible says they did? Verse 14, then they what? They cried out to the Lord. And it says they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. And they said, oh, Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. So that now they prayed. I don't maybe now that they prayed, now they're believing in Jonah's God, the Hebrew God, the God of Isaac, Jacob, the creator of heaven and earth. So they prayed, they cried out to God. And, and maybe now they have they have confidence. Maybe now they have faith. Maybe now they have the courage to pray. But just a a moment ago, they were trying to do their own thing. And the Bible says that they couldn't make it. And thank God, church, that we serve a merciful God. A God of second chances. Amen. And the Bible says in verse 15, look what it says. Now, they didn't do it before, but now the Bible says the sailors picked up Jonah. And threw him into the raging sea. And the Bible says, here it is. And the storm stopped at once. I started thinking, I was just thinking, Jonah, how come Jonah didn't just jump in there? Jonah had told them from the beginning, throw me, you guys. And now the Bible says here. That they picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea. And the storm stopped at once. I'm about to finish right here. So there is power in prayer, church. I'm going to say it again. We just gave you an example that there's times where God is giving you, he's giving us a solution. Just go for it. And then there's other times where we do have to pray. And when we do pray, God, somehow he gives us the courage. But then it says in verse 16, I'm going to read verse 16. It says, the sailors were awestruck. I mean, they were marveled by the Lord's great power. And they offered him a sacrifice and vow to serve him. Now, this is powerful because... They were not believers. And they were amazed by God's power, what had just happened when they threw Jonah into the sea, the raging sea, and everything stopped at once. Now, it says, and they offered him a sacrifice. Now, what they did, they got an animal. They had to kill the animal. Because a sacrifice, hear me, church, a sacrifice has to cost you. Do you know that? It's going to cost you. So they got the animal, they cut the animal, and offered it to the Lord. And they vowed, 
they were going to keep their promise that they were going to serve the Lord. Now, when I was reading this, I was thinking is that, church, we shouldn't go to that point. We ought to fear God before and after. I don't know if you got it. We fear God before and after. I'm not going to fear God only when God blesses me. I'm not going to fear God only when he prospers me. I'm not going to fear God only when he does something miraculous. No, I'm going to fear God even when it seems like nothing's happening. Even when the storms of life hit hard, I'm going to fear God. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Church, fear God before, not only after. And the Bible says that they offered him a sacrifice and they vowed, they promised to serve him. Church, let me say this. God is so good. More than good. We shouldn't even be here this morning. But God is so merciful. God is so good. Where would you be? Where would I be if it not be for the Lord? But thank God that we're still here, church. And we can praise him and worship him. Give him glory and honor. We can hear the word. We, we still have breath. We could, you know, lift up our arms. We could give thanks to the Lord. Amen. Church, God is not done with you yet. And you know that you have a calling and a purpose in your life. And if you're struggling spiritually, God wants to do something in your heart. God wants to change you. God wants to help you. God wants to pick you up. In other words, God wants you to fulfill what he's called you to do here on earth. But you got to be like Jonah. And say, Lord, I, I, it's me. I'm, I'm the one that's causing this. I take full responsibility. And I ask you, Lord, that this morning you renew me. Help me. Fill me. So church this morning, only you know you and the Lord, you know your walk with God. If you're far from God, you're close to God, don't leave this place without offering a sacrifice to the Lord. And that you vow, that you tell the Lord, Lord, I'm going to serve you. Church, I know, look, look at me, church. I know it's not easy sometimes. I know it can be hard. Temptation can be hard. Internally, outwardly, it can be hard. The environment that you might live can be hard. But let me tell you, the Bible says that with God, all things are possible. And I just want to encourage you this morning to stay focused. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And this morning, I want to encourage you. Don't give up. But continue. That's the key is that you persevere. Amen. I'm asking you to please stand up this morning. Thank you for joining us for today's message at New Generation Church. For more information, visit us at ecngchurch.com.